Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me is Jay Jones. Good morning, everyone. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, good. Doing all right? Good stuff, yeah. Yeah, we're here for Free For All Friday. Yep. We're doing Perseverance of the Saints, finally. People have been waiting, I guess. So here, here we go. Wrapping it up. Just because you're just because you're uh, holding me back. <laughs> you're holding me back. Five points of Calvinism, sometimes often called the doctrines of grace, which I prefer. Doctrines of grace. Goes by the acronym TULIP. So we have already done T total depravity, U unconditional election, L limited atonement, I irresistible grace. Now P perseverance of the saints. You hold on to that hold on to that uh that acronym. Because I've got another one. Oh, for goodness you, gracious! <laughs> goodness gracious! I've got another one for you. But first, we've got to talk about Easter, because Easter is coming up. Easter is coming. Easter up. is coming up. Uh, today is Maundy Thursday. This would be well, the for yes. the listeners. Friday. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Good Friday. By the time this comes out, um, I uh, I just came across a, another uh, bad take. Oh, my. And so I just thought that we would look at it together, mm-hmm. Jay. I don't know who this guy is. Reverend Dr. <laughs> Caleb J. Lines. He's got Reverend and Doctor in his in his Facebook profile. Um, this just came up for me. He is obviously a progressive Christian, and he posted this on his Facebook page uh, yesterday. Let's not misunderstand Easter. Easter isn't about Jesus being literally resurrected to sit on a throne in heaven. Easter is about becoming the resurrection Uh, so that Jesus lives on through our actions. Reverend Dr. Caleb J. Lines. I wonder if that'll work when they uh, throw you in the arena and the lions are coming for you. Yeah. I think people will hold on to that. Jesus is actually dead, but I'm here to fulfill. I'm, I have become the resurrection. Let him meet <laughs> me. I know I won't rise from the dead, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. No? Yeah, only only the resurrection. Yeah. Literal bodily works. Can you imagine being an early disciple? It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of wild, right? Mm-hmm. Like They're like, we're going to kill you. And you'd be like, you hear what I'm talking about? Like what we saw happen. <laughs> right. So no, I'm not going to stop preaching. So let's get it on. What are we doing today? Lions? Is it lions? What are we doing? Bears? You gonna burn me? What what we got? Yeah. We're gonna kill you because you believe in the resurrection from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, we should have Good had luck that. with that. <laughs> you should have, you got that little video where the uh the resurrection according to atheists. Have you seen that with the disciples? I think the Babylon Bee made it. Oh, the Babylon Bee one, if yeah. if it was a hoax. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Okay. Well here's another That's here's another cool. uh here's another post from this Reverend Dr. Caleb J. Lines. This was from Palm Sunday, mm. but uh I just came across it today. Uh-huh. This guy just came across my Facebook feed for some reason. <laughs> and I just I just went digging. The algorithm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> the al- so sometimes found, that algorithm gives good gifts to this so I, podcast. So I found I found this one about Palm Sunday. See what you think about this one, Jay. Palm Sunday was a planned political protest <laughs> against the evils <laughs> of empire. If oh, you're not my. naming the ways that the US is modern empire, you're not celebrating Palm Sunday. Mm, wow. 
I think these people have like a mental mental like uh, disability. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like have learning disability. Yeah, that's the only explanation. Yeah, they just can't. Uh, they can't process what the Bible actually says. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe because what if they're just not if they don't the sa- the same don't guy know the Lord. What this, if that's the case. This guy is uh, again. He's progressive, and he posted something. Probably else. a universalist. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he posted something else that uh, that said, "Just remember, on Palm Sunday, Jesus didn't ride an elephant into Jerusalem. What? He rode a donkey. They didn't go with the war horse. He went with the war elephant. No, he he didn't ride in on an elephant. He rode in on a donkey. You're right. It's political. Demo- oh, Demo- stupid. Democrat. I thought he was ma- there making the whole. Uh, Jesus came on a donkey, not a war horse thing. No, he, no, he was no, he was he was making uh, a statement about. I thought he was trying to up the ante, like war elephant, no. <laughs> like you know Hanna- I mean? like Hannibal, yeah, like Hannibal and his armies. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't ride in on an elephant. Came um, and and then I I came across since it's since it's Good Friday, we're we're thinking about uh, the cross. Uh, I came across this uh, this TikTok video that he made about. Um, jesus and his death and i haven't watched this jay i haven't watched this so we can enjoy it together okay but the title of the video is jesus died for standing up to empire not oh, to atone goodness. for your sins uh, you might want to turn turn me up oh my all right i got you oh uh oh the roman empire because he stood up to the empire. So the cross was a very public form of execution, largely used to deter people from insurrection, from standing up against the Roman Empire. Think about Jesus' message. It was all about the kingdom of God, the reign of God on this earth, and how it stood in contrast to the principalities and the powers of the day. Rome. Rome was oppressing his people, and the reign of God was supposed to be a place of peace and justice where our loyalty was to God and not to the principalities and the powers of this earth. Moreover, people were saying that Jesus was the Messiah, and the Messiah was supposed to be a warrior king who was going to lead a violent insurrection and overthrow the powers that be. You can see why that might hey, make the Romans it? nervous. So they put down the insurrection, and they killed Supposed to be. He was supposed to be. Plot, yeah. plot twist. <laughs> gonna be. Yeah. Right. The, the second coming. Yeah. Gonna be a big surprise for a lot of people. Oh, this guy This guy doesn't believe in the second coming. Come on, Jay. Come on. Stop. Uh, stop. You're right. Stop it. Stop interrupting my videos to make these, <laughs> <laughs> to make these nonsensical points. <laughs> I forgot. This is a progressive. He's probably a universalist, too. So, Jesus. They didn't know that he was talking not about a violent revolution, but a nonviolent revolution of the heart. Some people say that the Romans were just puppets of the Jewish leaders, but that is historically inaccurate. If the Jewish leaders had wanted to put Jesus to death, they would have sentenced him to death by stoning. That's not what happened. Jesus' main confrontation likely would have been with the Sadducees who were in charge of the temple. Jesus was put to death by the Romans for confronting empire. So, it's so that, that's so ridiculous, dude. Like, uh, again, like, do you, do you ever study the Bible? Like, it's pretty, it's pretty laid out for you what happened. Right. Like, they want him crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, well, number one, Rome had taken that 
authority away from them. So if, yeah, people did it, but like mobs mm-hmm. of nobodies, right. not influential religious leaders, they would never do it yeah. because they'd be executed, right? So Rome had taken that power away from them because they had that power. That's why they went to them. But the other reason they went to him is because they wanted him hanging on a tree. Right. Because if you can get him hanging on a tree, he's cursed of God, mm. and no one will follow him. Right. Because if you die another way, potentially, you know, you could still have followers that could lead a rebellion against, because they could say, oh, he was a prophet of God, and he died. Mm-hmm. But you hang him on a tree, he's cursed of God, no one will ever follow him. Yeah. So, so crazy, dude. So crazy. Mm. Stand up against empire. Yep. Not not to atone for your sins. You, you and he, did, he, did you hear him? It, it may have come in a little bit late, but he said that Jesus wouldn't have even understood that concept. Of what? Of substitutionary oh, atonement. What a moron. Jesus wouldn't have even understood that what concept. What's his name? Beca- step, step down. Doctor. <laughs> Reverend Doctor. Reverend Doctor. Reverend yeah. Doctor. Um, whenever whenever but, you see somebody with a lot of tile, titles, then you just need to be like, okay, this, yeah, this is, I need to be careful paying attention. Yeah. Because he's trying to do the old, uh, the old, what what could we call it? The old appeal to, uh, it's not appeal to authority or appeal to uh, superior education or something. So you got to listen to him. Because mm. you don't, you don't, you don't have a doctor degree, right? Yeah. But uh, hey, but I do. I know. I've studied so long that I actually know that when the Bible tells you Jesus rose from the dead, it actually didn't, it doesn't actually say that. <laughs> but you don't know that because you're just a commoner. Or, uh, you know, Jesus wouldn't have even understood the concept of uh, substitutionary atonement because it's not like substitution isn't all over the Old mm-hmm. Testament sacrificial system, like <laughs> right. the Day of Atonement. What do you think's going on there? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And <laughs> yeah. John says, and Jesus goes, wait, what? What are you talking I don't about? even know what you're talking about. Yeah, what do you mean? Uh, you know, you, you go to... These ideas that the apostles are bringing out about the, the cross are not... They're not novel ideas. They're not new. You go back to um, Leviticus 16, you go back to the Day of Atonement, and you've got you've got theological ideas of substitution, you've got theological idea of propitiation, of imputation, of, of sin being put on something else, um, expiation, it being sent away. Mm-hmm. You've got all of it. All of these big theological ideas that um, people want to say, well, the Bible doesn't teach penal substitutionary atonement. It teaches it in the Old Testament. It teaches right. it in Leviticus 16. Leviticus 16 is the very center of the book of Leviticus. You want to understand the book of Leviticus, understand the Day of Atonement right in the middle. Um, and all of these ideas that people like us are saying, this is what Jesus did on the cross, uh-huh. we say that because he is the fulfillment of the Day of Atonement. Yeah, yeah. He, he did on the cross what the high priest did year after year on Yom Kippur. It's only a matter of time before all these progressive churches just completely die. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got a population problem, you know, worse than China. You know, China's population's about to collapse because all their older people are dying and they don't have enough young people. Well, the progressive church, I'm guessing at one time, had a lot of wealthy 
older people because they have like a lot of beautiful cathedrals and things. But um, yeah, they're all about to be gone. The World War II generation is all, uh, they're all about to die. And then the boomers, they're getting older, they're retiring, they're not. And so what do you have left? Well, you've got to replace them with new people. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely ain't going to do that, so they're done. They just got to tolerate their nonsense for like another. <laughs> well, you know, even the young, 10, even years. even the young people that they have um, in their churches um, are either homosexuals or they just don't want to have babies. Mm. <laughs> so they're not they're not going to they're not going to reproduce. the only The only way they can get more people into their church is by convert converting mm. them. Yeah, so. I think I think with the number of babies we've got in this church, we've got stability for about <laughs> probably about two hundred years. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, seems that way. All the other churches crumble. All we ride the baby boom for the next two hundred years. Yeah, it's a great plan. Be fruitful and multiply. Yep. All right. Well, you uh, you talked about uh, we are on perseverance of the saints. We well, are hang on. on. Oh, you got something? What do you got? I got this funny atheist. Oh, you got video. the video from Babylon B. That's right. Yeah, this is this is yeah, a okay. funny video from Babylon B. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Okay. Because you know, I taught on the resurrection recently, and uh, in Sunday school, and I saw so I, I kind of laid out these evidences. Yeah. Um, transformation of the disciples is is a big one. Right, you're not going to give your life for something that you know is an absolute lie, especially in these terrible, torturous ways. <laughs> they all died, so they made this hilarious video mocking, um, really atheists for for uh, what they say about the disciples. Uh-huh. So it's pretty funny. Hang on, Larry, I'm gonna have to link it to my Bluetooth, and then we'll get it. it should take one second. There we go. Here we go. Are we all here? I need 100% participation for this to work. Yeah, everyone's here. All 12, 11, 11 of us. Well, what's the plan? Well, as you know, Jesus is dead. But stick with me, stick with me, okay? Stick with me. I have a plan. We are going to steal his body. Okay, okay, I'm tracking with you. What's next? <laughs> and then we're going to tell the whole world that he rose from the dead. Oh, oh, oh you know I'm in. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> all right, classic, classic. Then what? And then we're all going to get brutally murdered. Oh! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Come again, come again. Could you go over that last part real, real quick? Oh, what? We get murdered. What's the problem? Uh, I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Peach. I love me a good hoax as much as the next guy, right? Right? Uh, oh, what's in it for us? Do we all get riches, fame, and fortune first, right? No, no, get this. You're going to be hated, hated. persecuted, and reviled for the rest of your life! Oh! <laughs> okay, guys, fellas, 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 uh, look, uh, I, I, I gotta be missing something here, right? Okay, I mean, why on earth would we do this? Can, 
Can we start over? <laughs> oh, okay. We'll start from the beginning. Everybody, for John, yeah. your beloved <laughs> disciple. So, okay. We go down to Jesus' tomb. I, Sounds good. It's yes. really yes. easy. Then we pay off the Roman soldiers that are guarding the tomb with their lives. Why, why would they do that? Then we somehow roll away the big stone that's in front of the tomb. Obviously, you have to move the rock first. Yeah. And then we steal his body. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I guess. Then we tell the whole world that he rose from the dead and we get brutally murdered for our troubles! Okay, guys, okay, and then what? Then we all get killed. Come on. When do we see ourselves become exalted and praised? That's just it. You don't! <laughs> <laughs> Anyone hear what I'm saying? This is the most idiotic plan of all time. Chill out, bro. I mean, do I really have to explain the joke to you? Look, it's that we lie about Jesus' resurrection, and then we all die. How am I supposed to chill out when our heads are getting cut off? Or worse, what is wrong with you guys? Okay, look, back me up here. I know you can't be cool with all this. I know you gotta have some doubts. Come on. Doubts? Yeah. Oh no, they have any doubts! Okay, okay, you guys have officially lost it, okay? I am out of here. I I'd rather be exiled to a deserted island than spend another minute with you wackos. Have I got some good news for you? <laughs> pretty funny pretty we want good. to thank our that friends at iBible for sponsoring this video if you that is pretty yeah. funny yeah it's a good one <laughs> alright on to Perseverance of the Saints <laughs> also well, well, known as well before we get to it oh you, you got more you talk, well you talked about you talked about Tulip right that's the common acronym yeah. for Calvinist but I came across this one and I thought this one is even better what is it you must have a beard to be a Calvinist. Beard. <laughs> oh, no. Bad to the core. Election is unconditional. Atoma is limited. Resisting grace is futile. Uh, Destined to persevere. Nice. I like that. Beard. Beard. Pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Good stuff. Um, people may not be too familiar with the phrase perseverance of the saints, though, but they do know the phrase once saved, always saved, mm -hmm. don't they? Do you hear that phrase growing up? Oh, in the uh, oh, Southern Baptist oh, Church, oh, once definitely. saved, always saved. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Well, it might come as a surprise that um, people that are um, opposed to Calvinism actually are uh, they they criticize us for this point also. Mm -hmm. You you might think, well, at least we can all agree on one of the points. No. Right. <laughs> they. Um, this has actually been criticized, and I've actually heard people um, talk about this as if we believe in works-based salvation. Mm. Yeah. So you mean distinguishing distinguishing it from once saved, always saved? Because mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, what you're saying is in perseverance of the saints, the idea is on you must run the race mm -hmm. to the end. Right. 
once saved, always saved kind of communicates the idea that it doesn't really doesn't matter, matter what you do, which mm-hmm. I think is what a lot of people, at least in Oklahoma, have heard. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. how many people have you met that, you know, were saved probably in youth group, but have never gone to church since they left their parents' house? Right. And there's literally no difference between them and any unbeliever in the world in every way. I'm talking like sex before marriage with multiple partners, cohabitation before marriage, uh, having uh, children later in life, way later, and then like never even taking their children to to church or discipling them, talking, their language is obscene just like the world. There's Like if you didn't know and you just met them, you would not know. Yeah. There's no marker that they're a believer, and that you know maybe 25, 30 years they live in that, but they'll say, once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the once saved, always saved doctrine, I, I try to... I agree with the basic concept of it. I would agree. Once you are actually saved, you don't lose your salvation. But I think that the way that it often is communicated is one of the most dangerous things that um, at least I've heard in Southern Baptist. So there, there are, we need to emphasize this, the idea of perseverance, which I think that we will as we go through here. But then there's also the weary person, uh, the weary saint who struggles in sin and can feel as if, because they don't feel the nearness of God. Sometimes God lets us go through these like desert periods for whatever reason, we aren't told for our growth in some way, obviously. But I mean, you you just you don't. He doesn't feel that he's there. You don't want to read your Bible. You're struggling with sin, and then the person goes, "Maybe I'm not even a Christian." Mm. So then they need to hear about it from the angle of the perseverance of the saints is mm. simultaneously linked with the perseverance of Christ mm. in His saints. Mm-hmm. I like to say it like that. Yeah. It's too cool, so it can't be original to me. <laughs> <clears throat> But I've read that sometime yeah. in my life, and I like it. Yeah, perseverance of Christ in His saints. Mm. You know, so yeah. let's jump in. Let's jump into this. I have um, an interesting twist for you, Giorgio, my friend. Okay, because it is free for all Friday. Uh huh. So you know, we're gonna have to learn to uh, dialogue with the AI. <laughs> okay. They will be our new overlords. Yeah, so yes, yeah. I agree we with have you. To learn how to talk to them. Uh-huh. So you can put in prompts into ChatGPT and uh-huh. it'll do things for you. You know yes. what I mean? It'll even be like, write me uh, a rap battle between RC Sproul and Leighton Flowers, and it'll do it like in the voice of those people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it has ChatGPT has it reads like the entire internet and everything that's in print. Mm-hmm. So it's this massive intelligence. So I ask it this. I give it a prompt. Okay. I'm going to read it to you, and we can respond to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to type it in and respond. Uh-huh, yeah. Because it has, you know, it, it reads all Arminian theology, mm-hmm. all arguments, all the stuff. So all I right. said, you are an Arminian theologian. That's okay. what I told it. Write a five-minute debate opening argument against the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to hear it? Sure. Yeah, let's see it. First, it prefaces, because, you know, got to be PC here. As an AI language model, I don't have a personal belief or take sides in theological debates. That's what it tells me. However, there's a, here's a sample opening argument. I wish that was how Leighton Flowers would open his, <laughs> his videos. <laughs> so However, I'll give you what you ask for. Okay. okay? <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I stand before you today as an Arminian theologian to present a case against the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. 
This doctrine, also known as once saved, always saved, asserts that a true believer in Jesus Christ can never lose their salvation, regardless of how they live their lives or whether they continue to follow Christ. While this doctrine may seem comforting at first glance, I argue that it is a dangerous and unbiblical belief that undermines the true nature of the gospel message. Homeboy ain't playing, George. That's right. First and foremost, the doctrine of perseverance of the saints runs contrary to the biblical teaching that salvation is a gift that must be received by faith and maintained through ongoing faithfulness. In numerous passages of the New Testament, we are warned against the dangers of falling away from our faith and encouraged to persevere in our walk with Christ. We see this in passages such as Hebrews 10, 26-31, which warns of the severe consequences of deliberately sinning after receiving knowledge of the truth, and 1 Corinthians 9, 27, in which Paul speaks of discipling his own body to avoid being disqualified from the race. These passages, among others, make it clear that believers must continue in their faith and obedience to Christ in order to receive the fullness of salvation. Furthermore, the doctrine of perseverance of the saints falls, fails to take into account the reality of human free will and the potential for a believer to reject Christ and walk away from their faith. While it is true that God desires all people to be saved and that nothing can separate us from His love, the Bible also teaches that we have the ability to choose to reject God's grace and turn away from Him. This is evident in passages such as Hebrews 6, 4-6, through 6, which describes the possibility of those who have tasted the goodness of God turning away by rejecting Christ, and Revelation 3, 5, which speaks of the potential for believers to have their names blotted out of the book of life if they do not persevere. In conclusion, I argued that the doctrine of perseverance of the saints is a dangerous and unbiblical belief that undermines the true nature of the gospel message. Salvation is not a one-time event that can be taken for granted, but a gift that must be received by faith and maintained through ongoing faithfulness. We must persevere in our walk with Christ and recognize the reality of human free will and the potential for believers to reject Christ and walk away from their faith. Are you impressed with the open AI? That's Spoken. pretty good. Yeah. Spoken. Yeah. It's like a good. real Armenian theologian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that because <clears throat> it it pulls in the most frequent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it's scouring the entire literature of mm-hmm. like humanity and it's synthesizing the most common arguments mm-hmm. that are made. Yeah. And I, so I thought that was pretty kind of cool. Yeah. Um and I I think that um it it brought up some of those yeah. those um those difficult passages like uh-huh. Hebrews six right um, I mean people struggle with that yeah um but I think that uh, as I was listening I I found a lot of points of agreement with, right <laughs> with with right. the argument that it was it was formulating I feel like it's in the Many parts it was arguing against once saved, always saved. Right. Yeah. And I think that we can find agreement with with Arminians that find that once saved, always saved is dangerous. Because I have heard it abused. I've I've heard it uh I it I think it gives false assurance to people who, like you said, don't don't demonstrate any evidences of of saving faith. Right. Um, and and they live however they want. They haven't been the church in years. They haven't opened their Bible. They have no desire to pray. They don't, they, they live like the world. They don't have any like desire to follow Christ. And yet, well, I, I, 
I made a decision and walked an aisle and, and got baptized and I joined the church when I was 10. Right. Well, the, you know, it also, once I've always saved, if you think about it, is uh, anti-Trinitarian mm. way of talking about this. Mm. Because what it what it does is, I mean, they, they wouldn't even probably begin with election, but you have Christ atoning for someone's sins. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Holy Spirit just leaving that person alone. Yes. And, <laughs> right? And, and, and that, th- which is an impossibility. And I think, again, this is this is where I want to emphasize the fact that we don't think in covenantal terms enough. Yeah. The, the New Covenant um, is my argument for perseverance of the saints. Right. <laughs> I believe that because of the New Covenant, God promised, Christ died to um, institute, mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to take the work of Christ and apply it, the new covenant. He's going to take the work of Christ, the the promises of the new covenant. He's going to apply it to us. And if you read the the new covenant passages, um, it's filled with, I will do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, God is going to accomplish this, um, and he's going to bring it to completion. Yeah. So, like you said, Trinitarian, covenantal, I, I don't know how you get away from the idea that those who are actually born again, and again, we're 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 bringing in all of the rest of the doctrines of grace, right? In uh, to, into play on this, yeah. I, I don't know if if all these others are true. I don't know how you can get away from perseverance of the saints. But if you if you just think in terms of the Trinity and in terms of the new covenant, I don't know how you can get away from it either. Really can't, and I think we'll we'll eventually we're gonna have to we'll go to Ephesians one. There are a few, and I would and I'll, I will say that I think that the uh, the the new covenant it also answers the question of um, how is this not dangerous? How is this you? How is this not saying you can live however you want? Because the promises of the new covenant are that God will write His law on their hearts, right? And so we don't. And we cause d- we you, don't, yeah, we and cause you to walk in my ways. Yeah, we don't. We yeah. don't live however we want. Yeah. Those who are actually in the new covenant don't live however they want. So that argument for from the once saved always saved um, you, criticism it, it goes away if you truly understand what a new yeah. covenant believer is. That's right. Have you considered the uh, that causal statement in there in the new covenant passages? Have you considered it? Because the people that would say they they believe in libertarian free will. Mm could not subscribe to the New Covenant passages in the Old Testament. Not, not, the way, has, not, not in just the simple way of that is presented. Right. Yeah. Compatibilism is the only explanation. That is that God's will and our will and mm. um, his predetermining of all things doesn't violate our will, but ensures that whatever he wills comes to pass while we maintain free agency. Mm-hmm. That fits with those New Covenant passages. Yeah. Not libertarian freedom. Okay, but let me just describe it briefly, and I'll use Romans 8.28 to do so, the golden chain of redemption, Romans 8.28 through 30, I'll read that. Um, The doctrine of perseverance of the saints, we'll just briefly define it, but then I think it'd be good if we just go to those gotcha passages from Hebrews, because those are the most difficult ones, and we've already spent some time in those warning passages, but we can talk about those, and then let's get back into more of the verses to support uh, the perseverance of the saint, work through those, and then maybe let's end in Ephesians. Because okay. I think Ephesians is an absolute slam dunk. Yeah. When you get to the portion on the Holy Spirit and you start to look up what these words actually mean, 
uh, it's 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 game over. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you can argue to argue against it. You're arguing against the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I think just taking some time to uh, to explain the warning passages. Yeah. Would be helpful. Yeah, it because would. those are those are the passages that people appeal to right. when they say no, a Christian can lose their salvation. So I, right. I think that we have to we have to show that we also are taking the warning passages seriously. It's you've got you know people throw out John three sixteen like we've never heard it before, and that well, what right. about whosoever? Well, on the on on this end, on perseverance of the saints, we have people that act like we've never taken time to to deal with the warning passages um but as i'm going through hebrews the the structure of the book is around these five warning passages so i've I've had to look at it more and hopefully people in our church are understanding it better yeah that's why you need to take those in the context of the flow of that book (laughs) right then then you can better understand but i think i think that even as we understand those warning passages we can go outside the book of hebrews and we can understand what there's other warning passages right um i mean john 15 is right. a warning passage. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't abide in him, he, you don't bear fruit. He cuts, the father will cut you off and throw you into the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Romans 11 has a warning passage. I mean, there's warning passages all over the place. So if we can understand what these warning passages are actually about, um, that they'll do a, <clears throat> that they'll, they'll actually bolster our faith rather than cause us to doubt. Yeah. I'm, I probably will just drop all of these verses that I have, I've got a ridiculous amount. Well, not too ridiculous. I've got two pages of verses um, that I I created. I created a uh, a, a paper for each of these <clears throat> a long time ago, just so I could go to if somebody asked me. Mm-hmm. It's not all of them by any means, but may post it in there. You got two. You got two pages. I got four. Mm. I got well, four. Jay. Well, <laughs> you know, you got to give it to people. So they can have a good entry. That's my idea. So you want to you want to waterboard them? <laughs> well, I created I created this twenty uh, six page document when um, I was oh, having, when yeah. I was having problems when um, you had to do a defense <clears throat> when I was trying to defend yeah. my position and just because I, I just want to. I just want to go to the Bible. Like, what does yeah. the Bible say? So I, I went through and I, I created a 26-page document with have you, all five points. Have you fully recovered yet from what occurred? Uh, you know, every once in a while, I every once in a while, I'll, I'll feel a little anxiety or. Yeah. <laughs> it's, church people, you know, fine. church churches and church people, you know, sometimes they can hurt you worse than anybody else. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's you know, they uh, you know if 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 you if you're gonna if you are going to disagree with any any believer on on theological issues, we should be able to come to agreement and say, well, we need to at least go to the Bible, right, and and take it seriously, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's why I I I made this, and it's not just a bunch of of proof text. Yeah, I mean, I've got like passages. I'll be honest. I think the people who were coming at you probably got their arguments from web pages that yeah, were, they, they, they looked like they were made when AOL was. Yeah. The, you know what I'm talking about? Those old right. ones? Oh, yeah, the ones that you can't even, you don't even know where to start because there's just stuff everywhere. Oh, yeah, you just type in, why is Calvinism from the devil? And, and just click on one, yeah. and you'll you'll see what we mean. He killed Sarvatas. <laughs> that always come in there. Yeah. 
Every time. <clears throat> okay, perseverance of the saints is that doctrine which says um, if you are a Christian, that means you will be saved and have eternal life and be raised from the dead on the last day. Yeah. Um, that's simple, but you have to persevere in your running of the Christian race. Um, but I'll just give one to just say, look, I mean, I don't really know how you can get out of it. Romans 8, 28 through 30 is that golden chain of redemption. It's an unbroken chain from beginning to end. Um, and if you keep going on in the context, I mean, he's going to ask the question, who shall bring a charge then against God's elect? No one. Mm -hmm. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand interceding for us. And then he'll get into who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. No one is the answer. It's impossible. But it starts with Romans 8, 28 through 30. It says, And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So go back and listen to Effectual Calling, uh, the, uh, the podcast we did on that. And then verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son. So there's God's plan. There's God's will mm -hmm. to have a people conformed into the image of Christ in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Here's the chain. Those he predestines, he calls. Those whom he calls, he justified. Those whom he justified, he glorified. And I think it's, I think it's really important to recognize that Paul wrote those in the past tense. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Predestined, called, justified, Glorified, yeah, glorified as is if in it the past, already yeah, happened. In the past tense, as good as already is already here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they'll say, but Hebrews six, mm -hmm. Hebrews ten. Your answer. Um, that was quite the that was quite the transition, Jay. You like that? <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't expecting you to just turn it over to me. Oh, okay. uh, the the warning well, passages. You're, you're the Hebrews guy. Right. You're preaching right through these passages right now. Um, so kind of timely. Yeah, the warning passages are meant for the the professing Christians mm -hmm. who are being tempted to fall away, and um, the the author is is. Um, teaching them how Christ is superior, he's better, he's, he is the fulfillment for all of these Old Testament uh, types and shadows, all the sacrificial system. Um, he is the fulfillment. So don't fall away. And then he gives these warnings, and they increase in their severity. So the first one's in chapter 2, then there's uh, 3 and 4, and then there's chapter 6, chapter 10, chapter 12. Um, but I think chapter six is probably the one that people have the most trouble with. All right. Um, it says, um, really good. I mean, there's so much context here, but we'll, we'll just look at the warning passage itself. It says that, uh, it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who've tasted the heavenly gifts and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Mm -hmm. um, What's interesting. If it, if it sounds like he's talking about Christians, 
it's because he is. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he says that those who have once been enlightened, he uses the same term in chapter 10 to talk about the believers to remember how they used to live after they'd been enlightened. It's just right. another word for being born again, uh -huh. for, for being converted. Um, so it's impossible for those who have been converted um, to know all of these things, to uh, taste the heavenly gift, that's Christ, um, sharing the Holy Spirit, um, the, the goodness of the word of God, the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to apostatize, uh, to restore them to repentance. It sounds like the Arminians have a slam dunk. Like, well, that, that seems like it's their, it's their passage, right? It does, but I've never seen it applied in that way of the passage because right. they all seem to believe that someone you can come, could, you can come back. You can yeah. come back. Uh, I had a friend who grew up yeah. in the, the Nazarene church, and he said it just seemed like he was, he was uh, getting saved like every couple of weeks. Does he get rebaptized every like, time? I, 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 you're, you're right. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody consistently yeah. practice this where, well, you've fallen away. And you, like, you're done, buddy. Sorry. Was he rebaptized every time? I don't know. You should ask him. Yeah, I don't remember. Or he can comment if he I listens. I don't I'd like to know the he, answer to that. I don't remember. I don't remember. We talked about it a long time ago. Um, I don't I don't yeah. remember, but I I don't know anyone that consistently practice, <laughs> practices right. it. Like, well, you fell away. You, I don't know. Just live your life, I guess. Right. Um, because he's he's not talking about he's not talking about like a hypothetical He's talking about actual believers uh -huh. who are falling away, and this and and the falling away he's talking about. You have to remember it in the context of the book. Mm -hmm. They are they are deliberately turning away from Christ to go back to the Old Testament sacrifices. Like a lot of people ask, I've had people come. Well, how do I know that I haven't done this? It's deliberate. <laughs> you can't accidentally do this. Mm -hmm. This is a deliberate rejection of Christ. And a deliberate turning to something else, right? Uh, but what are the warning passages for? The well, warning passages are to keep believers from doing these things. Well, so what's important is the warning passage is directed to to believers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But he's not saying he's hey, not saying they have done it. Yeah, he's not saying they have done it. Yeah. He's warning them. It's not it's not descriptive. Yes, there you and go. and he actually he actually after every warning he actually has. Um, encouragement, but we have better things for you. Yeah, we're, though, though we're speaking this way, where in your case we feel sure better things. Right. Um, chapter ten. Mm -hmm. This this um, those who have fallen away that that all they have to expect is the the fiery wrath of God. Mm -hmm. um, but then he says, "But remember when you first became believers." Right. And he he continues and says, "We're of those who have faith." Um, mm -hmm. So he he gives these he gives encouragement um, after three and four he's talking about don't be like the the Israelites who didn't they failed to enter the the promised land because of unbelief um, he says well we've we've got Christ as our great high priest yeah. like we've got all these encouraging things that he says after the warning passages because they're not descriptive he's not saying some of you have already done this the warning is to keep them from doing it what's a warning for right. Like just stop and think, just in your general, it, it, just in your general life. What is a warning for? To stop you. It's to stop you. It's not. It's not to describe something. It's to say if this, if you do this, this is what will happen. So you, 
believe, as well as I do, that for the believer, the warning works. The warning works. For those that are actually regenerated and in Christ, yeah. they hear the warning, they read it, and they turn away. Yeah. They, they don't go there. Yeah. The warning is meant to um, present the terror of falling away mm-hmm. so that you won't do it. Right. It's the same with, I mean, we've, I've used the, the same illustration over and over and over again because it, it works. It's like the it's like the skull and crossbones label on you know a bottle of a bleach. Mm-hmm. Don't drink this; it will kill you. Well, what do you do? You know, uh, I'm gonna take my chances. I, I, <laughs> ate, veg, I ate the veggie MRE and survived. <laughs> I can survive anything. Give me that. You, you, the the believer doesn't ignore the passage. The no. believer says that sounds that sounds like. I would be lost in hell forever. Right. I don't want to be lost in hell forever. I, I I want to follow Christ. So you obey the warning. Right. That's what the warning passage is for. You you go to, you know, the Grand Canyon. Don't go past this. Don't go past these 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 boundaries. There's there's a, <laughs> there's a cliff. You're going to fall and die. Yeah. Um the believer is not the person that's like mm, I'm gonna test that. I'm gonna see how close I can get. Yeah. The believer says, um, "I'm not gonna <clears> fall <throat> away." I mean, that's that's what he says in chapter two. He says that um, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Right. That's what the warning is meant to do. It's it's to it's to cause you to consider um, the 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 danger of your own heart. It's so easy for us to drift away. It's so easy for us to. Um, to get enticed by the world, and what the warning is supposed to do is it's it's like wake up, wake up, right. <laughs> You're, don't fall away, don't drift away. Make use of the means of grace that God has given to you: the Word, prayer, the church, the warning passage. Mm-hmm. Right, the warning passage is meant as a means to keep you from falling away, and I think that's where the once saved, always saved really goes off track is that God God has promised that believers will never fall away, mm-hmm. but he gives us means to accomplish the purposes. Just, right. just like, and this is just like election. God has a people that he has elected to salvation. Christ has died for those people. They will come to faith in Christ. They will be saved. But that doesn't mean that we just fold our hands and take a nap and say, well, if they're going to be saved, they're going to be saved. It doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Because God has given means for us to go out and preach the gospel. And by the preaching of the gospel, that is the way that the elect come in. If yeah. God if God had just wanted to um, write the gospel in the sky or um, everyone just automatically knows it, or you know whatever yeah. he could have done that, but his chosen means of accomplishing his purposes is to invite believers into his work, and to go and to tell the gospel, to proclaim it, um, and that is the way that believers come in. Well, it's the same with like the warning passages. Yes, the the true believer will never fall away. Right, that is the promise, it, and it's the promise of the the new covenant the promise that is secured by Christ's death, by the work of the Spirit. Um, but 
we will not fall away because of the means. Yeah. God has given us means right. so that we won't fall away. It's, it's not just um, an automatic, right. no matter what you do, you won't fall away. It's because God has given us means. And that's, that's where the criticism comes in. The, well, you're just teaching works-based salvation. Right. You, you have to do something to, to stay saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, people people at this point will will say, I think, you know, I based on my experience just in living in the church for almost everyone can say, I know people who have fallen away. Mm-hmm. I know people who have left the church that, mm-hmm. and they had given a uh, what we would call a valid profession. They were baptized, they lived for a pretty good while as a member of the church, uh, mm-hmm. appeared that they were following Christ in every way. Yeah. And then they left. And we have a passage uh, in First John mm-hmm. that explains that to us, which says pretty much they went out from us because they weren't of us. I'll right. read that mm-hmm. here in just a second, First John two nineteen. We also, t- we also t- have examples. We do, yeah. Demas in love with the world has uh-huh. departed me. One of the saddest verses in the mm-hmm. in the Bible. Yep. And that's why I was going to tee it up with verse fifteen because mm-hmm. it gets into what's going on. Mm-hmm. Which says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Right. So there, there are, God is sifting his church through various times through world history, and we're experiencing one of those right now to a, to a large degree, and for some measure, or to some degree, I'm thankful for that, though it is going to be painful because mm-hmm. it's going to continue and it's going to get worse. Right. And many people who we once thought were believers, if history bears in, in th- these verses, even they're true, people we know are going to fall away. In our, before we die, we're going to experience more pain of seeing people fall away. Yeah, That's our reality. And it's because there is a strong pull. There is a love of this world that we're warned against. There's a love of this world. There's a lust of the flesh. There's a pride of life. And then on top of that, there's an enemy. Um, and he says there are many antichrists in the world. So the antichrist, I think, here can represent active political pressures that are placed upon believers, and they'll continue to be placed upon believers, which cause them to weigh Christ against the pressure of the world, and then to leave. Well, I think also the the false teachers that are that are coming into the yes. and in, in First John is probably Gnostics, uh, right? Um, teaching that Jesus uh-huh. didn't really have a body, or Did, you know, whatever. Teaching Jesus didn't bodily rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were right. talking about that at the opener of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy's an antichrist. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There are many antichrists on Twitter. <laughs> have you been? I mean. It's discouraging to be on there, you know. Yeah. Denying the the uh, penal substitutionary atonement, mm-hmm. antichrist. Denying the bodily resurrection of Christ, that is antichrist. Right. De- denying the future resurrection. These these all these things, 
but the but everybody on there loves those people, mm-hmm. even non-believers. Man, they are a hundred percent in their corner. Mm-hmm. The Christian will even try to reply. Will get absolutely bombarded, mm-hmm. just ganged up on. Yep. People will will be pressured. Will succumb to false teachings. They'll leave. Yeah. And the explanation is they were never among us to begin with. Right. So which is a, which, which is a hard teaching because you've got you've got Demas. Mm-hmm. Demas traveled with Paul. Um, he's he's mentioned uh, at the end of Colossians. Mm-hmm. The only other place in the Bible where he's mentioned is Colossians, where where Paul uh, says Demas is with me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like there's anything wrong. Yeah. You get to the end of Second Timothy. Paul's at the end of his life. Demas is he's in love with this present world and he's left me. Mm-hmm. Um. He looked like a believer. He looked like he was following Paul. Ministry. Yep. Traveling around, probably, you know, who knows what's Probably happening. experiencing the the opposition that Paul is experiencing. And it just got too much. And it's like, I'm out of here. Oh, I'm going. I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, but even even more, um, more of an example is Judas. Yep. You've got Judas. Uh, Judas, who was one of the 12, one of the closest to Jesus. Um followed Jesus for you know, three years, betrayed him. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he would have been one of the guys that Jesus sent out to preach the gospel and to cast out demons and to heal the sick. He would have come back and said, even the demons, um, even the demons listen to us. Right. And um, Jesus, I mean, he, he stuck around when Jesus said, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Um, everyone's leaving. The 12, he's like, are you are you going to leave too? Yeah. Peter speaks for them. Where are we going to go? You have right. the words of life. And he says, have I not chosen you? Yeah, well, one, one of, of you, you is, is a devil. devil. Yeah, one of you is a yeah. devil. Mm. Yeah. Can we talk like that today or no? Uh, you know... <sighs> Uh, Jesus, n- Jesus knew. Yeah, <laughs> like Jesus knew who it was. No, I just mean with that level of directness. Because um, I think there's, you know, I think I think that we can be direct, but we have to be more general. We can't mm. look at someone and say, "Well, you you claim to be a a Christian, but I know that you're a devil." Because mm. <laughs> we don't know, we don't know with maybe the certainty they, that Jesus, maybe if they deny the resurrection, maybe yeah, maybe that. if they're like, "Well, the resurrection is just you become the resurrection." Right now, nah, you're a devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for for three and a half years, Judas would have looked like the others, right? Um, and then there's this decisive moment where um, who he is actually is put on display. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would have known, like he knew that he was pilfering from the from the money bag. Yeah, like he might have been lying to himself or or just sticking it out to see where this goes, but. But he would have known that he's he's not the same person when everyone else is asleep, All right? As uh, as when they're walking down the road, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John John chapter ten is another one that I think is just incredibly powerful. Um, you can start in verse seventeen, John ten seventeen. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down. I lay it, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. 
Wait. <laughs> I went. I started like, too where, late. It's like, Here where are you? Here we go. Where are you going? He's <laughs> talking about false shepherds. Let's back up to 13. He's talking about the false shepherds of Israel as compared to him. Uh-huh. Um, here we go. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know my Father. Okay, I just got to stop for a second. When you read that verse, think about what it says. Just as he and the Father know each other, we're talking Trinitarian Trinitarian language, he is saying that is the same knowing that exists between Jesus and his people. That is, like, that just should blow your mind. Mm -hmm. And we don't experience the fullness yet, but one day, I mean, we have this to look forward to because of the resurrection. We can have hope in this. Um, just just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, that they will li- and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father... Wait, where, where's my passage? <laughs> I started way too far back. You are the, you are the, you are the John expert. I'm the John expert, and yeah. you are asking well, me. You're you're not going far enough. Yeah, you I'm not going far going. enough. Here it is. Here <laughs> it is. My sheep hear my voice. Stop. <laughs> keep reading. Jesus got me with the uh, with the uh, repetition of my sheep hearing my voice. I got these notes, these scratch marks in here in my Bible. Yeah. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Effectual call. We 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 elaborated on that. I give them eternal life. Eternal, and, eternal. What if they use their free will and yeah, say, I, "I don't want to"? Kind of I don't want to follow. What <laughs> I don't want to follow Jesus anymore. What kind of eternal life is that? Like, mm-hmm. not not eternal life, right? And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I am the Father of one. There you go. You got. There you go. got there. It took you two tries. I know. But so, you got there. Yeah. So think, just think about this. Think about this. Some people would say, and I've heard it before many times, yeah, uh, no one else can snatch you from his <laughs> yeah. hand, but you... You can. You can pry his omnipotent hand apart mm-hmm. and jump out. Right. And uh, Because love is not love if it's not free. Yeah, yeah. Love's not love. So if you, if you decide, I don't love God anymore, yeah. God's not going to hold you. Which yeah. has some pretty big implications for eternity. Well, it messes up regeneration. It's like, are you gonna are you gonna be able, are you gonna be able to do that in the new heavens, right. new earth? You know, yeah. you know what? I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's Did, another. There's gonna be another fall. Well, you have to think about that. What happens in the new heavens and the new earth? Because some would say, like, we're back to a state of like Adam, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve before the fall, yeah. except for uh, God has removed the. Uh, Ability to fall. Yeah. Well, how? Mm-hmm. Why? Violate, they violate violate your their... free will. Yeah. For eternity, you have to. You have to uh, come to realize, as we talked about before in the effectual call, that people will persevere because their entire will's been changed. What they love is changed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but back to this verse. I've heard people say that, and I don't know where I heard this before, but this really reverberated with me at the time because Drake was a little boy. He's like Evangeline, you know, but a boy, so even worse. Triggering all of the feminist. Yes, little boys are worse than little girls. <laughs> especially 
both both are active, but that strong will, the craziness, uh, it was really, it was really uh, Adam's progeny came forth when mm. Drake Jones was born. Mm. He's a great man now. I mean, you can't ask God by God's grace, but. I'll just give you a little little example. We're in the PX. Some people know that's where army people can go shopping for stuff. It's got this huge uh, playground, uh, massive indoor playground. It's like three stories tall. And so Angie and I are sitting out there. We're just talking, you know, we're eating some dill. We think he's 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 caged in. We think he's <laughs> caged in. It's got like a fence around it and stuff. Mm. And so we're not even paying attention. You know, he'll play in there for hours. Lady walks up. She's like, excuse me, is this y'all's son? He looks like y'all. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. She's like, well, I found him out in the middle of the parking lot. Mm. <laughs> that was Drake. So <laughs> I'm out in the parking lot with Drake, right? I hold hands because it's dangerous for little kids. He would throw absolute tantrum to get away from me, pull with all his might. So when he pulled with all his might, I would grab his hand even harder I'm not going to let him go. Mm. I'm going to violate his free will because I don't want him to die. You know what you should do there? Beat him up. (laughs) (laughs) So so he'd pull, pull, pull harder. He'd pull. I'd eventually just pick him up. I'd just pick him up off the ground and be like, I'm not letting you go. It doesn't matter. You can scream. You can thrash. And so in my mind, you know, I think this verse, no one can snatch him. No can snatch you from his hand or the father's hand. They're one. They're in agreement. You got two hands on you. Um, is God less caring than I am of my own child? Like, right. I'm not going to let him go because I know he's going to die. Mm-hmm. It will. If, if if Christ were to let me go, I can tell you right now. If Christ did not, if he did not hold on to me, I would fall away. Right, and I think that that's a, that's a good place to go because the 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 criticism is that we're teaching some kind of workspace salvation you've got to you've got to keep yourself mm-hmm. which is a biblical doctrine by the way mm-hmm. um and I, i'll i think we should look at that in just a second but the the idea the the ultimate idea is that we are kept by jesus yeah and so we don't just have judas we've got peter That's like right. two guys yeah. who have followed jesus for three and a half years yes. they are they're the closest people in the world to jesus one betrays him Mm -hmm. the other says i don't even know who you're talking about right i don't even know him yep one goes out and hangs himself the other one repents and dies for jesus yeah why what what's the difference is it because peter is smarter all 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 indications (laughs) of peter in the gospels is that's not true um it it, is it something in peter no it's something that jesus does for him yeah we read in luke 22 32 simon simon behold satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and when you have turned again strengthen your brothers Mm -hmm. the deciding factor between judas and peter is jesus yeah that jesus prayed for peter Yes. Now, why did why did Jesus not pray for Judas because of election? He's not one of the, he's <laughs> not one of the yeah, sheep. Yeah, because he's not one of the sheep that Jesus is going to die for. But Jesus is going to die for Peter, and he prays for Peter as as Peter's high priest. He prays that Peter's faith will not fail, and Peter does come back. 
right? Jesus, Jesus as Peter's high priest is going to die for Peter and he's going to mediate mm-hmm. for Peter so that Peter will not fall away. Yeah, you got to you got to get this nailed down because like I said, you know, you you're going to come through difficult times in your life. You know, I don't know when it's going to happen for you. Could be that uh something terrible happens to you. Like a child dies. Um both of both, you know, you lose your job, you have no means of income, you're just you're going through a terrible time or maybe you fall into sin. Christians can fall into terrible sin. And we're not saying they can't. They definitely can fall into terrible sin, um, and when that happens, you know the enemy is coming. He's going to say, "You're you're not a Christian. You're oh, yeah. you're pathetic. A Christian would never do what you did. A Christian would never even think the things you're thinking. A Christian would never have the doubts that you're having. You don't even have faith. God wouldn't even want you anyway. Look what you've done. What are you going to say to yourself when those things come?" What are you going to hang on to? You've got to hang on to this, that Jesus is a amazing, per, a perfect, all-powerful Savior. He's made promises that he will not break. He's promised to give you eternal life and raise you up on the last day. He's promised no one will snatch you uh, from his hand. And he prays for you in, in John 17. Do you think he is a terrible a terrible intercessor? He's insufficient? <laughs> mm-hmm. He can't do what he wants? He wants to bring you to the last day and to raise you up, to bring you to himself. He has to. Yes. I, I think that I think that I was gonna go to Jude, but I gotta go back to John. If he doesn't do it, he's not God. Yeah. If he if he doesn't do it, he's a disobedient son. Yeah. Um, John chapter six, uh, Jesus says in verse thirty seven, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. That's effectual call. Right. Four I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He's he's coming as the, the Messiah. That's right. To do what mm-hmm. the Father tells him to do. Well, what is the what's the Father's will? Yes. What does Jesus have to do? He's got to raise him up on the last This day. is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Mm-hmm. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Mm-hmm. That Jesus came to do God's will. God's will is that no one to, uh, for, uh, of whom he, he gives to the Son will perish. Mm-hmm. So if, if Jesus loses someone, he hasn't done the will of the Father. He, he's been That's a... Right. He's, he's been, He's been a, a disobedient son. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Jesus is the perfect son. He's he's perfectly obedient. He he is perfectly powerful, and he is able to do the Father's will. And he desires to do the Father's will. And the will of the Father is that he yeah. loses none, but raises them all up on the last day. The your security as a Christian is based upon the the Trinity. Yes, and their relationship, not just with you, mm-hmm. but with each other. That's right. And that is. Whenever you're doubting, <laughs> go back to that, that Jesus always <clears throat> obeys his Father, and the Father's will is that you not be lost. Mm-hmm. Jesus cannot, he can't fail. That's right. This is why, I mean, the argument laid out in Romans. I'm going to preach Romans probably next year sometime. I, I don't know. I'm really Now I'm really wanting to preach. You're just, you, you, just, you, just, preach. Dro- you just dropped that on everyone. You, uh, no, no big announcement. Surprise. You're just like, Surprise, everybody. Oh, by the way, I'm going to 
Romans is coming. Yeah. So if you want <laughs> Romans and you want to you want to get it all, you're just going to have to join the church and be here for about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I want to. I kind of really want to do First John now. I, mm. I'm. I'm very. I can't. Can you words, use the word tempted when you're talking about getting into the Bible? I don't know. I, I want to do First John, Jonah, and Romans. Jay, right. in order for us to get through all the books that we want to preach, we're gonna to have to start. We're gonna to have to start doing what Calvin did and just preach every day. Every day. Yep. Well, we're gonna we're gonna to have to install a bell, or till we're eighty. And when the bell, we, we ring the bell every morning. It's time for time for the daily the daily <laughs> yeah. sermon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just listen to this these amazing passages. So when you're down, you're feeling like, and the devil is speaking to you. You know, you can go Luther method. You know Luther's method. You could, yeah. <laughs> Luther would. Luther, Luther's Luther's uh, chosen method of persevering. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he'd uh, he said that he would fart at the devil. Yeah. Some say toot. <laughs> <laughs> Luther was a wild dude, man. That's what he said, and I have I I, I actually believe the devil came to Luther. I can't say that for everybody, mm. but given the importance that he had in history. So there's a real possibility, my friend, that yeah. that man tooted at the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which grants him... This day in church history with Jay Jones. <laughs> I mean, that's that's got to go legendary status. He's not even doing what these charismatic people do. They think mm. they have like authority. You know, uh-huh. Where yeah. Michael the Archangel wouldn't even talk to the devil like that. Like Kenneth Copeland thinks yeah, yeah. that thinks he's done doing something really great by blowing on COVID. Luther <laughs> Luther's like, I'm not even going to entertain you with us with talking to you. I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> uh, so you can, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, I was just saying. First John was that when you're down, <laughs> when you're really down, you struggle with sin. You're going to hit a low point. Like people, we go through these times, these dark nights of the soul, and you can go with the Luther <clears throat> method. But I would recommend going with the Romans. Yeah, yeah. Romans eight <laughs> method, probably. Romans chapter eight thirty one. I mean, listen to these amazing verses. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? Mm-hmm. This is about God. Uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how should they not also with him give us, graciously give us all things? God gave a sacrifice. Are you really going to tell God that he gave his best, he gave his son, he died for your sins, and he's not going to get you? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is God bogus. He's the one who gave the sacrifice. He didn't spare his own son. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Nobody. The yep. devil can't. No one can. Mm-hmm. Because it is God who justifies. You didn't justify yourself. He justified you. That's incredible, incredibly great news. It's God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us. Yep. It's a it, it's it's a done deal. It when you when you keep it in this frame of reference that this is about God. Mm-hmm. If God were to lose one of his people, right. the whole universe would have to implode. Like reality would come undone because God would have denied his very being. 
Right. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's he's going back to Hebrews. Um, we have the promise and the oath. Yeah. He's promised. He's sworn. He cannot lie. He can't change his mind. Um, he will accomplish his purposes. Um, we we think of the new covenant. This is the covenant that I will make. I will write my law on their hearts. Um, they will be my people. I will be their God. They will all know me from the least to the greatest. Um, I will forgive their sins. Yeah. Right. Um, but this, so it's it's all it's all based on God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, we have to we have to make sure we steer away from the once saved, yeah, that's always saved danger because we are told to work out our salvation with, with fear, fear and, and trembling. trembling, Philippians uh, chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's God. God who works in you, yeah, both to will the desire uh-huh. and to work yeah. for his good pleasure. That's right. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, mm-hmm. um, it, it's we are saved by grace through faith, this apart from your works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm-hmm. That yeah. we, uh, that God planned beforehand that we might walk in them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you ever think about that? Like the things that you're doing in obedience to, to Christ? Yeah. God has already planned for you to do those things yeah. <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so... Just be who you are is is how how I was I was taught it in many of my seminary classes. Mm-hmm. Is that that's like the 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 way that these letters are structured? Right, is they're front loaded with here's everything God has done for you. Here's your position in Christ. Yeah, and then the last half is here's the things you're supposed to do because mm-hmm. of your position. So right. you're already here. Do just just act like it. Just be who you are. Yeah, um, the Book of Jude is is a place that I like to go because it's. Our responsibility is sandwiched between two two descriptions of what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Jude is a letter Jude wanted to write about our common salvation, but because of false teachers who have crept in, he wants to write that we might contend for the faith once once for all delivered to the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's false teachers. Don't don't follow them. Um, at the beginning of the letter, he uh, he opens by saying to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. So we're kept mm-hmm. um, by the Father for Jesus. Um, towards the end, um, he says that um, uh, keep yourselves, keep yourselves in the love of God. Mm-hmm. So um, we're we are kept, but we have to keep ourselves. That's verse twenty one. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Yeah. So, in other words, um, persevere. Uh, don't don't fall away. Don't follow these false teachers. Keep yourself. And then we have this this great doxology at the end. Now to Him who is able to keep you from falling. Yes. Um, and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Mm-hmm. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. So you're kept. Keep yourself now to him who's able to keep you. Yeah, that's good. Um, it, it, it goes together. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we can resist false teaching and persevere because on both sides we know God's keeping us, mm-hmm. that we're safe. Right, yeah. uh, it it really gives us encouragement. It really gives us boldness. Um, we can live fearlessly as Christians yeah. um, in this world in the face of apostasy. We can we can 
we can endure um, because of what God is doing for us. That's right. right. Yeah. And that's really what, I mean, Paul <clears throat> Paul speaks this way in Philippians chapter 3, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So because Christ has made me his own, right. I now press on toward this goal, and that's that's how he then begins speaking. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to lies what lies ahead. And, and you, you got to ask yourself this question, I think, if you're listening. How much effort have you put into your Christian life? Mm. It's described as a straining forward toward a goal, toward mm. a finish line. Yeah. Because not to gain something you don't have, but because you already possess something that Christ has given you when He made you His own, and so now you start running with effort, straining toward this prize that Christ is there at the end. One day you will meet Him face to face, and it's like you're running a race because you mm. you have to get to Him. Yeah. And I just I feel like a lot of Christians will be serious about their work or their education, or their athletics, they'll put a lot of effort into that. Mm-hmm. Even make themselves uncomfortable, uh, straining, disciplining themselves. And then when it comes to Christian life, they're just lazy. <laughs> yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, put effort into following Christ. Right. This uh, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, then we could go, we didn't even go to Ephesians chapter 2. Talking about, you know? <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of passages that, yeah. that deal with this. The seal of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 2. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff. I, I, love, I love the beginning of 1 Corinthians. You know, you, you, you think of the Corinthian church, and it's a church you might visit once, but you never want to join, right? They're, they're suing each other <laughs> and fighting with each other. You've got a guy who uh, is in a... A sexual relationship with a stepmom, and uh, they are there's people who are denying that there's a bodily resurrection, and there uh, there's chaos in the church. And you're like, just that's a mess. Uh, just uh, just you know, um, knock the dust off your sandals on your on your way out, Paul. But listen to how he he opens his letter. I love how he opens this letter because of everything else that's going on in the Corinthian church. And I think yeah. this can give us hope that um, that we can persevere. That um, if you're trusting in Christ, then then God is going to accomplish his work. He says, um, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus... Mm-hmm. called to be saints, that's holy ones, called yeah. to be holy ones, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you. <laughs> uh, because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. not because of of, of you them, guys. Because God has done something for them. That in every way you are enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amazing. Amazing. I, lo- I, lo- I love that. I love that opening. That, oh, that yeah. may be my favorite 
maybe right behind Hebrews. Hebrews has got a really good opening, but yeah. this this opening, just knowing what he what's going on in the Corinthian church, it just reminds us of the power and faithfulness <clears throat> of God. He will bring all of His people home. Right. Um, I guess we gotta figure out a way to wrap this up. Maybe maybe we'll end with this. Um, when I was in the army, we used to do these things called these uh, <coughs> safety briefs. So I was a commander um, on Fridays. This is some of the garrison stuff about the army that I just was superly annoyed by. So every Friday, you know, you go before your commander, the commander gets up there, he gives you a safety brief. Don't drink and drive. Don't do drugs. Don't beat your wife. You know, don't, uh, you know, don't go boating and drinking. Like it's, you have to do the safety brief. Everybody here, they know it's coming. So when I was in command, I just got tired of that. I got tired of giving them the same safety brief to fully grown adult men, right? Who have, many of them had already gone to war some several times. And I'm like, look, and I got it from Paul. Thank you, Paul. Um, <laughs> he says in Philippians uh, chapter 127, and he says this in, an, I can't remember where else he says something very similar to this. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, he's not saying, be worthy of Christ so he'll save you. Uh-huh. He's saying, because you're in Christ, right. he saved you. This gospel is great. It's costly. Mm. You are a Christian. Now live like it. Yeah. So I would just say, look, you're wearing a uniform people died in. People, people for generations ahead of you, they wore the same flag. If you do anything to dishonor the uniform, this weekend, I'm going to make you pay. Live your life worthy of that uniform you're wearing. Mm. It's an honor to wear it. And that's where I, st- I stole it from Paul. Yeah. Christ died for you. You're in Christ. You're clothed with his righteousness. Now live like it. Live to honor him who gave his life, who beat death, who rose on the third day on your behalf. You say you're a Christian, now live like it. Yep. That's good. All right, Giorgio. The honors go to you to shutting this down. All right. Well, uh, we have finished the five points of Calvinism. We finished it. There we go. It only took us three months. Three months. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully this has been beneficial for you, that it's been informative. Um, Of course, if you have questions, uh, just drop them in the comments, I guess. You look at those. I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked at it lately. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, George wants to look at it. Truthfulness. Truthfulness. (laughs) George Uh, wants to answer your comments. (laughs) Well, make sure to to like, subscribe, share, and we will see you next time for Text Driven Tuesday. Have a good weekend.